0: are locked on mariners your daily seattle mariners podcast part of the locked on podcast network your
1: team every day
0: welcome to locked on mariners your home for daily seattle mariners news and analysis thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day we are free and available on all platforms today is thursday october 21st 2021 I am your host Titan Gonzalez joined as always by my co-host Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at L O underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at CPAT11, one That's also in our description of this episode, wherever you're listening to this. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk more about the Mariners and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information. Just got over 70 patrons, so if you want to make it number 72, 73, 74, 75, etc. etc. How about you join and uh, tell your friends and family and all that good stuff? Because we are putting out even more Mariners content on there, hour-long episodes, or even more sometimes. Uh, Today on Locked On Mariners, we are going to be talking about the latest report that links the Mariners to some of the biggest names in the upcoming free agency class. We're also going to continue our Marcus Simeon discussion from yesterday's episode. So if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. we greatly appreciate it. But first, it's time to put Colby's Mariner's knowledge to the test here on Trivia Thursday. I have four questions, all related to past Jerry DePoto trades. Colby, are you ready? Sure. I'm sure this will go well. (laughs) So we are going to start with an easy one. We're going to go easiest to hardest. At least this is how I view these questions. When the Mariners traded Carlos Santana and $6 million to Cleveland for Edwin Encarnacion and a competitive balance round B pick, it was part of a three-team trade, of course. Who was the third team and which current Mariner was dealt from the mystery team to Cleveland? Uh, Tampa Bay Rays and Jake Bowers. That would be correct. The Bowers Rangers are vibing. In the 2016 to 2017 offseason, DePoto dealt left-handed reliever Vidal Nuno to the Dodgers for which veteran position player?
1: Uh, Vidal Nuno to the Dodgers. Yep. Um, I'm surprised this isn't a Luis Sardinius question.
0: Uh, <laughs> Wasn't Sardina signed
1: to like a minor league deal? I don't think so. What's he traded for? Huh. Um. So let's see. Can you give me a position at least?
0: That would, I feel like that would really give it away. Oh, really? <laughs> but all right. Can you give me yeah. the
1: year the trade was made again? What year was it? Yeah, it was a
0: twenty. It was the twenty sixteen to seventeen off season.
1: It was in the off season. Okay. um yeah. Let's see, Vidal Nuno, 2016, 2017. So he would have played on the Mariners in 2018. Um,
0: no, he would have played on the Mariners in 2017.
1: Sorry, sorry. Yeah. It uh, was, ooh, yeah, okay. the
0: 16 to 17 off season.
1: Okay. So 2017 position players for the Mariners. Did he play a lot of games? Or was this like one of those, like he was there for two weeks and he was gone? Um, no he played quite a
0: few games i don't i don't remember the specific number uh, okay I
1: can probably give you that um for some reason I, I I keep thinking it was for a catcher but i, I can't I can't remember who it was uh was it 2017 uh,
0: he played 54 games for the mariners and was worth negative f4
1: uh 27 I believe that was the year of I said 2016 of Chris Ionetta and so it's not Iñetta so it it has to be Carlos Ruiz. Yeah? It was Carlos Ruiz. There he Carlos goes Ruiz. Catcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, when you when you said catcher I was like don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's I mean, why I said it would probably give it away if I told you it was a catcher.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just remember, I was trying to remember who the catcher... Because uh, the first thing that popped in my head was catcher. And then I was like, wait, but who are the catchers on the twenty six, well, 2018 team? And I was like, no, wait, 2017. I think Ionetta was 2016. And the only catcher I could remember um, from that time was Ionetta and Ruiz. And so Ionetta yeah. I'm pretty sure, was a free agent signing. And he played for the Angels. Mm-hmm. So... I guess I left Ruiz, who was the primary catcher in 27. It was it was Zanino, yeah. So yeah, it was Zanino. Yeah, Zanino yeah. And, and Ruiz. Okay.
0: Hmm. All right. Ready for the next question? Sure. All right. In August of 2016, the Mariners acquired right-handed reliever Archimedes Caminero from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for two players to be named later. Can you guess one of them?
1: Oh boy. Uh jacob bentz uh it
0: it's the you're close on the name that's not the uh,
1: okay
0: the the, uh. the the last name you you that's that's the guy from uh barbecue <laughs> jake bentz oh, so it's a very same? similar sounding name
1: yeah i'm pretty sure that there is a major leaguer with that name
0: Well, there's a there's a player that is named Jake that has a very similar sounding last name, but it doesn't start with an M. An M. Didn't you say mince? I, I said Jake Brentz. Oh, I heard mince. Yes, it no. is Jake Brentz. Okay. I that sorry, right, that's on me. Yeah, the answer is Jake
1: Brentz. <laughs> okay, who's the other one?
0: Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> it's a question didn't even write it I, down. He, well, so is Jake yeah, Brentz. Well, Jake Prince at least is on a major league team right now. Is he?
1: Which one? The Royals. Oh yeah. That's the guy that, uh,
0: that was, was in the, the uh, Corey, the, the Corey, the Brock. The Corey Brock. Yeah. Yeah. The Corey Brock piece. Yeah. Huh. So that was Jake Brentz, Yes. Not Jake Ments, who I, for some reason, totally, I totally heard an M for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's just one of those days for me. All right. So, uh, that same day, the Mariners also acquired a f- uh, fame switch pitcher, Pat Vendetti from the blue Jays. <laughs> also for a player to be named later. Can you name that player?
1: Uh, clearly it was Jake Brent's. Um, or must have been Jake Mintz. Um, actually, I, I do remember that day. I was in North Bend. Uh, I think I was headed to a Mariners game, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the player was actually somebody. Was it Tim Lopes? It was Tim Lopes. <laughs> hey, there you go. It was, Tim, it
0: was all Timmy Lopes. I uh, love Tim Lopes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was. He was fun. Is
1: he still in the uh,
0: Brewers organization?
1: I think so. I I think he got still hurt, so he didn't Tumble play Lopes much. Did.
0: He so he got waived, but he cleared waivers and went to Triple A this year at the major league level. He played in seven games for the Brewers and slashed 100, 182, eighty two one hundred. <laughs> so uh, that was in eleven plate appearances, and then he was in Triple uh, A for the rest of the year at slash two twenty six three hundred five four hundred one there. Uh, but in 2019 injury. with the Mariners, yeah. In 20 2019 with the Mariners, though, he slashed 270, 359, 360 for a 101 mm-hmm. WRC plus, and was worth uh, 0.4 f4. And uh, actually, it was not bad in a corner outfield spot.
1: No, that's a guy I would bring back on a minor league deal. Yeah, he's, I like him. Uh, he's Hubs. a fun player. Yeah, yeah. Future future manager. Feel very good about that.
0: Mm, I like that good call all right we're gonna talk about the uh the latest report that links the mariners to some of the biggest free agents in the upcoming free agency class in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of lockdown mariners is brought to you by rockauto.com With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $350 Fifty-three dollars from a chain store whereas with rock auto it's only 216 dollars plus rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Thank you for listening to Locked On Mariners and thank you again for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We greatly appreciate you tuning in every single day. Listen to us ramble on about this wonderful, stupid, silly at times, but great baseball team. We love them so much and we're really excited about this offseason and Buster Olney of ESPN has given Mariners fans even more reason to potentially be excited here reporting that the Mariners could be a sneaky presence in the free agent market this winter and saying that they could be in on the markets of Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Marcus Simeon, of course, who we talked about yesterday and we're going to talk about uh, even more later today and also Trevor's story. What do you think about this report here, Colby?
1: Not, not that surprised, to be quite honest. I, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something that we've talked about all, you know, well, pretty much for the last two three months uh so it's funny to me to still see national writers be like oh seattle's gonna surprise some people whereas you know here in seattle we've been bracing and and getting ready for this for the last few months so uh still Mm -hmm. a bit of a secret to everybody else out there which is weird but uh yeah no i I expect them to be pretty aggressive in free agency um i really don't think they're going to be after seager or or correa though uh to be quite honest with you Um, so yeah, I I think their interest in the shortstop market is primarily begins and ends with Marcus Simeon. So, uh, Mm -hmm. everybody else is either too much of a risk or is going to take way too many guaranteed years to get. And so, uh, yeah, to me, their interest really just begins and ends with, with, uh, Simeon. And then, you know, these, these executives are just saying, oh, they have money. So maybe they do something like nothing like. There was nothing that was, you know. I hear the Mariners are actually very interested in Carlos Correa. That would be no, that would be newsworthy, right? But mm-hmm. it's just, hey, they have money to spend, and they just won ninety sure. games, so why not them? And that that's how a lot of the connections were made. Mm-hmm. So with Seeger, with Correa, with Story,
0: uh, going one by one here. You know, what's a comfortable number, uh, money-wise and year-wise for you to be legitimately ish- interested in them, and you know what's the likelihood you would put all that at for each player? Does uh, it vary at all, or is it just pretty sure. much across the board for you with every e- uh, with each one?
1: Each player is different, so mm-hmm. um, you want to start with story. You said,
0: sure. Let's go with story first.
1: Uh like one year, $20 million, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. 25. And that's if he's willing to move to third base. Uh, so right. Yeah. There's just, you know, there's some injury questions here. There's some performance away from course field questions here. He's not coming off of the best year. Um, he's about average. I think he finished with a 100 WRC plus, just not a guy I'm comfortable giving, you know, multiple years to, uh, if, you know, if he's at the beginning of a decline or if the numbers away from Coors Field are, are something that are real and, and should be considered. So yeah, one year is about all I'm willing to do on, on Trevor Story.
0: I'm interested to see what his market or how his market takes shape because the player that we saw this year from Trevor Story is still a very good productive player, but not the Trevor Story that we're accustomed to. How is that going to affect his market this year? And really what I think it it's going to be is... He's probably going to have to sign a one year deal or maybe a one year deal with a club option or something that's going to pay him, you know, what he was initially expecting to make this offseason heading into this season. Um, it's going to be real interesting. If, if it gets cheaper though, uh, if it gets to a point where he, he could come affordable and, um, and he's willing to play third base, I think the Mariners should certainly throw their hat in the ring there. Uh, So what about Seager? I know a lot of people have pointed to Seager, of course, the connection with Kyle Seager. How much do you think the relationship between Kyle Seager and the Mariners front office right now impacts their chances of potentially getting into the Corey Seager sweepstakes?
1: Probably takes them from 0.0005% to (laughs) 0.0001%. (laughs) <laughs> like, Corey Seager is not going to be a Seattle mayor. He never was going to be whether Kyle Seager was here or not. This was one of the more ridiculous uh, arguments for bringing Seager to Seattle is that, oh, well, he would want to play with his brother. Well, a, we don't know that. And, and B, you're going to keep around Kyle Seager just to get Corey Seager, who is probably going to get because he's 27 years old. He's probably going to get eight, nine, 10, 11 years. At probably about thirty million dollars AAV. I, I'm not touching Corey Seeger. Uh mm-hmm. you know, if it's a one year deal, fine. I'm interest interested in anybody at a one year deal. But Seager is kinda overrated, to be honest. He's had he's dealt with a bunch of injuries. Uh he's not a very good shortstop. He's gonna have to move to third base sooner rather than later. Uh again, good player, really solid player but is he a $300 million player? No, he's not. I think he's going to get paid like it though, because you know, he's an all-star who is 28 years old and can play shortstop for another year or two, but eventually is going to have to move to third base. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not interested in Corey Seager for what I think he's going to get. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can do pretty much just as well for a lot cheaper. So it's, do you want Corey Seager or do you want, you know, Marcus Simeon and Steven Matz or whatever it is. I'd I'd rather have the two guys. Totally fair.
0: Totally fair. All right. So moving on to Correa here last. uh, This is obviously a guy that you've seen quite a bit of over the last few years. Unfortunately, he's hurt you quite a bit whenever you've had to face him. 27 years old uh, had, you know, by F4 standards, the best year of his career, 5.8 F4 this year, 279, 366, uh, 485, and 148 games played. He's had some health concerns, played only 75 games in 2019, 110 in 2018, 109 in 2017, but when he's healthy, when he's on the field, he's one of the better young players in this game. Um, you know, What's a comfortable number for you in terms of getting involved in Korea's market and how luckily do you put that? Because I know that you believe that he might end up with the Tigers, another team that is kind of comparable to where the Mariners are right now.
1: Yeah, it's been one of my long held, uh, you know, bold predictions for this offseason that the Tigers land one of these shortstops. Um, and it makes sense. You know, Hinch is there. He's got a good relationship with Correa. Tigers have plenty of money to spend. Um, as for me, what I would do with Correa, um, again, I just I don't want to give out eight, nine, 10 year contracts to guys. There's very mm-hmm. few players who are worth that type of investment. And Carlos Correa, as good as he is, is not one of them. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's honestly, it's pretty much trout and even trout. I, that the, the money is not a big deal. If, if the Mariners signed Carlos Correa tomorrow for 1 million or sorry, one year at $50 million, I don't care because it's one year, but and it's not your money. Right. <laughs> And so it's just, it doesn't, it's fine. Like, but they're not going to do that. But I I think Correa ultimately is probably going to get, you know, something like 12 years, uh, $350 million. Like he's probably going to get the Mookie Mm -hmm. Vets deal. Um, and that's probably going to come from like the Yankees or the Tigers or the Rangers will just come out of nowhere. Um, for me, that's a hard pass. I, I, if he wants, you know, if for some reason the market slips and he just wants to, to wait and, and, you know, if somehow you can get them for three or four years at, you know, 35 million AAV, then fine. But, you know, anything past six, seven, eight years, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have to do that to get Correa and outbid the Yankees, which I mean, good luck, significantly outbid the Yankees.
0: Yeah. Once again, totally fair uh, on that. It's just, uh, it's a lot of commitment, both from a financial and from a year standpoint. And You don't want to tie your hands because you don't want to end up in a similar situation to the one that Jerry DePoto inherited, which was a lot of money wrapped up in four to five guys. And then you are completely financially crippled at that point where, you know, if you need to add contributing pieces, you're not going to be able to do that. And of course, they're in a better position from a farm standpoint. But still, um, that's just that's a hard thing to navigate. Especially when you're kind of a mid market team right now, that's not going to spend 200 plus million dollars a year in payroll. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it turns out. But it seems like Marcus Simeon is going, you know, if they're going to sign a big name, it's going to be Simeon this this offseason. And we talked about him a lot on yesterday's episode. We're going to talk about him some more in terms of where he fits positionally and where he wants to play. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts so as i mentioned we talked about marcus simeon quite a bit yesterday our whole episode was centered on him if you haven't listened to that already i suggest going back and listening to that before you listen to this but after talking to some folks in the you know Blue Jays realm and just kind of looking into it myself, uh, it seems that Simeon is really set on playing at shortstop. And that's one of the reasons that Blue Jay fans kind of expect him to leave this offseason because they're unlikely to move Bo Bichette off of shortstop. So if Simeon is really hell-bent on playing shortstop, then uh w- are you still interested, Colby? Do you would you be willing to move JP Crawford off a of shortstop to second base to sign Marcus Simeon, or are you looking elsewhere?
1: That's a tough one, um, because obviously what what you really want is you want Simeon's bat in the lineup, and it's not that he's a, a bad shortstop. Uh, he was earlier in his career; he's ironed that out. He's he's solid there. Um, he's not JP Crawford, and I I wonder, you know how JP reacts, how the organization reacts, how, uh, you know, the clubhouse reacts. If you just had this 91 season and, and Marcus Simeon, who's great and you bring him in, but he just had this great season at second base. And, and you say, well, sorry, JP, you have to play second base now because we have to give Simeon shortstop duties. Um, like I'm sure, you know, I don't Is, is JP okay with that? And I know you don't build a team to, you know, cater to the, the feelings of, of a one particular player or anything like that. But JP's voice is is a little bit different. It carries more weight with the young guys. It's it's a leadership role that he has. Um, mm-hmm. And so, is he open to moving to second base? Because if he is, then fine. And you know, his bat probably plays just fine there, and his glove should be really solid there as well. Um, but I just, I, I want to know if JP is okay with that. And it, because the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you have to walk this line where you don't want to disrespect the, like the clubhouse leader. Uh, yeah, but you also care more about winning games than anything else. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, I'm going to, I'm going to put that on JP, you know, and if, if JP is willing to move to second base, and telling Simeon he could be the shortstop is, is, you know, what gets him to sign there. Then, then so be it. But if, if JP's hesitant, and I'm worried that it's going to ruin uh, my relationship or his, you know, his status or anything like that, um, then I'm probably going to try to go back to Marcus Simeon and, and convince him, you know, here's why <laughs> playing second base is better for you and better for us, and and you know, if I have to spend a little bit of extra money to make him feel better about that, then so be it.
0: Totally agree with that, you know, and, and it really is up to JP um, and whatever he decides. I, I think, you know, you should respect that uh, because he's earned that. He's earned the opportunity to to be this team's shortstop moving forward. Um, so if that's where he wants to be, then I, I think you should follow that. Uh, but I do think, you know, just, you know, from, from what I've gathered of, of JP as a leader, I think he would be willing to, um, you know, to To move to second, if that's what helped the team the most, right? If it meant yeah, I, getting an MVP caliber player in Marcus Simeon,
1: yeah. But you know, JP might win his second Gold Glove uh, this year. Mm. So I mean, it, it's tough to win back to back Gold Gloves and be like, "All right, well, we're going to put an inferior defender at your position, so you got to move." It's like eh. true, true. You can see so, how that might dent the ego a little bit, and, and I don't know that JP has much of an ego to begin with, but uh, we don't know. We're mm-hmm. guessing based on the the public appearance that JP puts out there that he wants us to see. Uh, for all we know, he's he would be furious if they signed Simeon, and that's why you know it's sure. important for for Scott and for uh, Jerry to to reach out if this starts to look like it might happen, and and have that have that honest conversation with him. And and you know it, it's it's tough because you don't want JP Crawford to be the reason that you. Don't sign this MVP MVP candidate, right? So, sure. But JP is still a useful player, and he's kind of a leader. And so it's it's a very tough uh, little, uh, you know, it's a very tough needle to thread if JP isn't all that open to moving to second base. Then you kind of have a situation. But if he is, then no problem.
0: From a pure value standpoint, though, just eliminating feelings and all that stuff here. Are you okay with starting an inferior defender at shortstop and moving J.P. Crawford over to second base?
1: I mean, we're talking about, like, what, 35% improvement at the plate by WRC Plus? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with that. And by the way, it also is an improvement at second base offensively because J.P. is a 100, WRC Plus guy, that's, you know, what, 15 20% more than what Seattle got there this year. Sure. So you can you could improve offensively in two spots, you know, two positions, but the yeah, like if that's the that's the the hold up, um, fine. But you know, this is a if he really wants to play shortstop, that's kind of a problem for the other contenders too. You look at Toronto; they have Bo Bichette. I mean, yeah. is Bo Bichette gonna move? I maybe, maybe not. You look at uh, you look at San Francisco. The yeah, they, they yeah. just gave Brandon Crawford a pretty nice extension. Now Crawford seems the most likely of the three to to have reason to move to second base, but you know, is are they going to do that? Because Crawford has more tenure than than Crawford and and uh, Bichette. So yeah, this there are so maybe he signs with the Yankees and he's their shortstop and that that's how he gets to play shortstop. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Ultimately, I think at the end of the day uh money and situation is gonna talk more than position. I, I think I think Simeon's probably more likely to um ease up on the shortstop thing if he's compensated. Um like a mm-hmm. shortstop, basically. For
0: sure. For sure. And I don't think the Mariners are gonna have any issues paying him what he's worth. So yep. um just just depends on, you know, if he's if he's willing to come or not. But the, it does seem that um, Marcus Simeon is going to be the Mariners guy this offseason that they're going to key in on as their biggest addition. And we'll see if they uh, they end up pulling through. But definitely not a, zero ch- uh, a non-zero chance that that happens. So should be a lot of fun. And we'll see how it plays out. But like we said yesterday, we're kind of expecting a Simeon decision pretty early on in the offseason. But we'll see how everything goes with the CBA and how the market reacts. But could be, uh could be a pretty fun time in, in November if uh, if things go the way that we think it might So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for joining us here. And uh, for Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. Every day we'll be back tomorrow with Fan Fiction Friday. Send us your Mariners trade ideas on twitter and we'll read and grade them on tomorrow's show now make your second listen of the day locked on mlb where paul francis sullivan and please call him sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues president pass it's free and available on all platforms have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow